this is what candidates are asking for now. I'm noticing it's such a shift from, you know, 15 years ago when I started my career, it was very much, I want to move up the corporate ladder. I want to make a lot of money. And now it's more of, I want to do 40 hours a week. I want my time to do what I want to do. And I also, during my 40 hours, want to give back to local charities. And it's very much questions that I'm getting now are things like, I want um, very um, green-friendly investments for my 401k. And I want to make sure I'm giving back to the community. And it's been such a shift that I think we're catering well to that shift. Good morning, HR. I'm Mike Coffey, and this is the podcast where I talk to business leaders about bringing people together to create value for shareholders, customers, and the community. Please follow, rate, and review Good Morning HR on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or at goodmorninghr.com. There was a time when an employer-supported altruism was typically limited to an annual United Way campaign or maybe a holiday food or toy drive for a local nonprofit. Today, many employees feel that those efforts, however laudable, fall short in helping them meet their personal altruistic ambitions. They want to get their hands dirty, and they want their employers to support them in that. Indeed, according to the 2022 Edelman Trust Barometer, 60% of employees choose where they work based on their personal beliefs and values. In response to these expectations, many companies are now seeking to support their employees' personal desires to make a difference in their community. According to the Society for Human Resource Management's Research Institute, 47% of U.S. companies offered employees community volunteer benefits in 2022, and that number is up 40% since 2014. So what should a company considering rolling out some sort of volunteer benefit consider as they develop such a program? Joining me today to discuss her company's experience supporting employees' philanthropic passions is Shannon Duval. Shannon is head of people and culture at Call Tracking Metrics, a Maryland-based software firm focused on intelligent contact center automation. There, Shannon focuses on CTM's long-term strategic vision as it relates to culture and employee experience. And under her leadership, CTM has been named to multiple best places to work lists. Welcome to Good Morning HR, Shannon. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So let's start with uh, call tracking metrics experience. How did they? How did y'all get involved in you know, supporting employees' uh, philanthropic passions? And you know, where did the idea come from? And when did you? When did you start? Total ownership for that goes to Lori and Todd. They're the co-founders. When they started the business, they knew they wanted to give back to the local community. They grew up in the area um, that the business is in. And so it was really important that we reflected the success of the business back into the community. When I started, it had grown from a few ad hoc ideas to we had a committee of two people. I became the third member and they were doing three to four events a year. Like you said, it was an annual toy drive, maybe an annual food drive, one volunteer at the local food bank. And over time, we've really shifted our focus and grown that into now a 15-person committee that does multiple events every quarter, sometimes two or three um, a quarter, sometimes two a month. So it's, it's grown exponentially throughout the three years I've been here. So your program entails what? You've got, you've got company-sponsored events. And then what else, what else do you do in, along the way? 
It's a great question. So we have, um, we'll do at any point in time, we'll have a couple different things going on. So we'll do local sponsorships that our employees can participate in. Maybe it's going to the local food bank. Maybe it's working with Habitat for Humanity. We also do fundraisers. So this month in October, we're doing our annual Bingo and Booze fundraiser, where half of the profits will go to a local charity. We have volunteer time off. So our employees have 24 hours a year that they can go and they can volunteer at whatever local 501c3 charitable event is important. Maybe it's a fundraiser for their students or for their child's school. Um, Maybe they want to participate in a peaceful rally or protest to share their beliefs and give back to their local community. We also do multiple drives throughout the year. It could be food drives, toy drives. We'll go to local animal shelters, walk pets. So Whatever ideas people come to us with, we're excited to adapt them to what aligns with what our culture is and try and execute them for our team. So do you you at Call Tracking Metrics keep really specific, detailed tracking of employee participation, or do you look at it more just as this is an opportunity for employees and we're just this goes into that amorphous bucket of employee engagement stuff. And we just, we want to make sure employees have the opportunities to do it if they want to. Um, It's interesting. So we handle different things in different ways. So if it's something that they'll be off site for and not work, not within the office or it's, but it's during their working hours, we ask them to utilize volunteer time off. We ask them to take pictures of their experience. We ask them to wear a volunteer t-shirt with our values logo on it that says we are community driven. It's one of our four values. Um, We don't want it to seem very regimented. We want it to seem natural, but obviously we want some form of making sure they're not going golfing for the afternoon with their buddies, right? Um, If it's within the organization during the work hours um, and they're helping organize a drive or have a committee meeting, it's very casual, I would say, in how we stay up with it. Um, And then for more casual things such as donations to local charities that we match, we do require receipts for that. And we do require that they're a 501c3 in order to do a matching contribution. So some things are a little bit more strategic in how we measure them and some things are much more casual. So it doesn't feel quite so regimented and it feels enjoyable when they're participating. So it sounds like your founders were really on board from the beginning and this is kind of drove from them. So they didn't really probably have to have a business case from HR or from somebody else to, to start this. But if you were talking to a company about how to put that business case together, if somebody in HR leadership or operations leadership wanted to take this to the rest of the executive team, what what would you look at in making that business case? Cost, ROI, employee engagement, what, what, would, what would be the key points that you would make? I think one of the things that the leadership team or the executive team can hear when they first hear this is money spent, right? People are not at their desks, they're not performing their job, and now we're matching contributions and we're losing those work hours. You know, sometimes it's hard to measure the ROI on things such as this, but what I have found is if someone is missing eight hours to go volunteer, they're coming back and they're willing to work maybe an extra hour or two over their 40 hours to get their work done because they're appreciative that they got to spend their afternoon walking dogs. That's really passionate to them or being at the local food bank. So it is hard to make the case. What I would point to is we've noticed a huge 
influx in people that are applying. We're sourcing less and we're getting more applicants. The reason for that is we do um, advertise all over our careers page and our culture page that we do these philanthropic things. People ask us about them. We highlight them in the interview and we're able to compete against other businesses in the local area and win these candidates when they're coming in. And they point to things such as, you know, I love that there's VTO. I love that I can take time off. I love that you do matching donations. And so I think when you're able to attract the best talent and you're able to retain them, our turnover rate is less than 1% for voluntary turnover. That speaks to the culture that we're creating. And when your turnover is low, you've got knowledge retention, you've got consistency for your clients, they're getting better customer experiences. And I would point to those types of ROI versus let's focus on, oh, I had to match $100 for this donation. I think it's really important to look at the broader picture and how it can impact your commercial teams as well in a really positive light. Even our support team, when clients call in and they get to know that, hey, every time I call in, I get to talk to Andrew or I get to talk to Becca, it builds a better relationship. Our Their clients are better understanding of what we do and how we work. And um, they really get to partner with someone, which is really important. And it helps keep the customers for longevity as well. And our churn rates reduce. So I think there's lots of other metrics you could point to and start to think about as you're presenting to your executive team and trying to make this sell if it's more of an old school mentality towards community service. So you've talked about company organized events, you know, specifically, you know, doing a program to support this charity or this nonprofit. And then you mentioned uh, donation matching. And so talk about how, how I think that's something that would be a surprise to a lot of employers because that's hard dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how, how do you arrange that? Uh, and, you know, or, or is there a cap per employee or how does that work? So what we'll do is we give $200 a year in matching donations. Again, it has to be for an approved charity. It has to be a 501c3, Um, but we'll sometimes do drives. So we'll say, you know what, during this window, we're going to match up to an additional $1,000 for all of that. Honestly, from a business standpoint, it's beneficial to the company. It is a tax taxable, you know, it's a tax break, it's a charitable donation. So while you see that money go out, you do get a return on the end of the year. Um, And so I think that's a little bit easier than giving people spot bonuses. It's a little bit easier to justify for the bottom line for the finance team. Um, But we try and keep it structured so that we don't have one person being an overachiever versus other people just kind of sitting there and not doing anything. We want everyone to donate and participate. We want everyone to um, get to share with their charity what they think is a good donation match. I started my career in aerospace and you know, it was 30 years ago, but uh, when the United Way drive, and I love the United Way, but when the United Way drive came around, the, you know, your supervisor came around and, 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 you know, knocked on your desk and said, okay, it's time to pony up. Uh, we have to do this because we're in competition with all the other departments. And there's a lot of that kind of Quasi coercive, yeah, you know, coercive pressure to to help the department meet our goal or to you know, uh, do y'all approach it? I hope you don't. After I just said that, but I, <laughs> do y'all, how do y'all approach those kind of things? 
the way that we approach it is it's more of, we want to make you aware of this. You know, if we don't make donation matching, unfortunately your charity doesn't get a donation match. It's not a poor reflection of a department or the company. Um, and we don't push or we don't push anyone to participate. We like to incentivize instead of, you know, it's the carrot instead of the stick mentality. One of the things we do to try and incentivize participation is every quarter we will pull a report of all the employees that have taken voluntary time off and we'll do a raffle and we'll donate a hundred dollars to the charity of choice of the raffle winner. And so we try and incentivize by giving back more to charity to reward those employees that are taking time away. But we're definitely not hounding them saying, you need to donate money. I, I, I think that would defeat the purpose of the program altogether. And so when, you're, when you've structured your volunteer time off, uh, it's got to be a, a recognized 501c3 that they're donating time to. Is that right? That's, yeah. One of the metrics is that it needs to be a charity. If it's not a charity, it needs to be something that's helping the community in some way. So it's got to be a peaceful rally or protest. Um, it's Maybe it's helping fundraise at your child's school. We don't want you chaperoning a field trip, but we would like to see that you're helping the school in some way. Um, and so we structured around that. And again, we we asked for pictures instead of documentation. We find that that's a little bit softer of an approach. And we do give out T-shirts to everyone to wear as well. And again, seeing letters and emails from the school thanking us or from the charity thanking us, it's another way to kind of check in on them without them feeling like we're checking in on them, if that makes sense. Right. And we've got a program like that, uh, volunteer uh, time off and that was a conversation we had when we were setting it up. Do do I want them to get a permission slip or some, you know, some, you know, like, and, you know, like they were on community service or something for, for, you know, their, their criminal infraction. And I didn't, so we chose against that and just said, we have to, tr- we're going to, you know, trust our employees. Pictures are great because we can put them on our social media and, and show those kind of things. Uh, but y'all have even, company designed t-shirts that they can wear. And so I can see that being a really positive PR thing, both from the community PR, but also the the employer branding side. Yeah, absolutely. We've gotten great feedback and people love swag, right? They love to have another, we call it CTM, but they love to have another CTM shirt that they can wear. They're always wearing their branded apparel. So it's even when they stop at the grocery store on the way home, it's another way to get our brand out there that cost us $20 $20 for a t-shirt that's worn a hundred times, right? So it's definitely, we're getting our return on investment for little things like that. And on your VTO, you said y'all are doing 24 hours a year? We do 24 hours a year. So employees earn six hours a quarter. So if you start in Q2, you'll get 18 hours. We did want to prorate it a little bit. We did make a formal policy around the use of it, just like you would have with a PTO policy. So we put in place, you know, it's, it's not paid out. It doesn't roll over. Here's when you can and can't use it. For example, if you're on a coaching plan, we don't want you taking time off to go volunteer. So we did put parameters around the usage. We made sure everyone had that policy and they were aware of it. Um, But it was a pretty easy thing to roll out. It it mirrors the PTO policy in a lot of ways. So it was really an easy lift to get it up and running. And from a technical point of view, um, do you, you track it? as part of in, in your payroll system, just like you do PTO or, uh, because that's one of the challenge we had to kind of, you know, we use QuickBooks for all our stuff and our payroll and all of that, you know, 20, you know, a couple dozen employees. It's, you know, yeah. we're not that big, but we had to really monkey with QuickBooks because it doesn't really have anything called uh, a voluntary time off. And so, uh, but y'all found, are you seeing more of the HRIS systems, the larger systems supporting that? 
Yeah, we use one of the big players in the industry and we just set it up like an accrual code. It accruals quarterly. Employees submit requests for it and you can put the standard rules in and it's very easy to monitor and pool reporting. And that's actually where we pull the reporting from to do the quarterly award for one of the volunteer time off utilizers to give them the matching donation to a charity. And so with that volunteer time, you mentioned, uh, let's just talk, start with the, the, the one that Park Mayors up the most volunteer protest or uh, peaceful protest. Um, talk about that. So, I mean, those kind of social justice type things. Um, were y'all doing that pre 2020 with Black Lives Matter? Was that already a thing or is that something y'all added in along the way? What are those conversations like? So 2020 was a very powerful summer in how it impacted everyone across the country. And so this adding that to the VTO was crucial when we rolled out VTO. We actually rolled out VTO during that summer of 2020, and we felt that that was incredibly important. We also rebranded our community outreach committee. We rebranded it to community outreach and social justice committee, and we made sure that that was also aligned with this philanthropic approach for charity and everything else that we do. Um, So yes, it was definitely tied to that very difficult time that we were going through in 2020 as a whole. Um, and we thought it was really important to respond and to make our mark and to also stand up a diversity and inclusion program alongside that community outreach. Cause the two can go very much hand in hand when you think about how it impacts your organization and your team members. And so do you, if there's a protest on something is, are, are there criteria to say, is this social justice enough that, and this is, is this a social justice cause that we're willing to put the company brand on uh, versus we'll let the employees choose what they want and, and take our chances of, of, of somebody who disagrees with this particular thing, uh, whatever the, the cause is, uh, you know, thinking less of our company. Yeah. That's a tough one to navigate, right? Because any political stance you take can make or break your company. And you have to be very, very careful. So what we've done is those requirements, that's not a volunteer event. So you don't need to wear your volunteer shirt. Please dress in your normal attire, whatever that might be. We're not going to shy away from having people share pictures if that's incredibly important to them. Um, We do ask for some details. We're not in a position to tell people absolutely yes or no, because sometimes your personal beliefs can guide your professional decisions, right? So we have to be very cautious that we're not making decisions based on our own personal perspectives. So what I try and do is um, talk it through, understand the purpose, understand the objective of it. Um, These are ones that need to be, these types of events are ones that have to be approved by people and culture, not just the individual's manager, because it could have a bigger impact. Um, We've only had this happen two or three times. Luckily, um, things have been really nice around here. We haven't had to deal with some of the incidents that other cities across the country have had to deal with. So we haven't seen as much of an impact. It was more taking time off to volunteer in association with something like that. So I do not know the perfect way to navigate it because I haven't had to navigate it through a very difficult situation. And I don't think anyone can ever get it perfectly right. Um, But we've just taken a step back of being respectful um, and blending that with being thoughtful about how it can impact the company. And let's take a quick break. Good Morning HR is brought to you by Imperative, premium background checks with fast and friendly service. For years, I've argued that most companies are second chance employers, whether they know it or not. They likely have some employees whose critical errors in judgment have led to involvement in the criminal justice system at some point in the past. 
And most leaders want to be fair in their evaluation of candidates' criminal history, but they aren't sure how best to do so and still protect their organization from loss, liability, and litigation. And that's why I have a pre-recorded webinar entitled The Business Case for Becoming a Second Chance Employer on our website at imperativeinfo.com. I dive into the data surrounding criminal offenses, recidivism, and employment as we review the benefits to businesses from considering and hiring qualified former offenders for positions. And this webinar is approved for an hour of recertification credit from both HRCI and SHRM. You can watch this and all my other webinars on demand at imperativeinfo.com. If you're an HRCI or SHRM certified professional, this episode of Good Morning HR has been pre-approved for one half hour of recertification credit. To obtain the recertification information, visit goodmorninghr.com and click on Research Credits. Then select episode 68 and enter the keyword volunteer. That's V-O-L-U-N-T-E-E-R. And now back to my conversation with Shannon Duvall. Looking over different policies, one of the things that I had noted when we were putting ours together is that a lot of policies excluded overtly religious uh, volunteerism. Uh, do you all have anything like that that you've addressed? No, we haven't. Um, one of the things we've done for religious-related things is we have this floating holiday. So if it's a religious holiday that you want to take off and you want to participate in activity or do something that's important to you, you can utilize that floating holiday in lieu of the volunteer time off. No one has really pushed for it to be anything related to volunteer time off, but we are very um, considerate of how we handle situations. For example, we have an employee on leave right now that's helping his um, religion build a synagogue, and he's taking a personal leave of absence for that. And so we're very supportive of that. Um, But we try and keep it away from the volunteer time off in a very careful way. What about, you You mentioned children's schools and there were certain situations where you did, you know, but you said no field trips, you know, that's not what you want them to do. So how do you, what are the rules around that kind of volunteering? So we obviously we get asked a lot, can I use my VTO for chaperoning a trip to the zoo? Um, because it's not benefiting the school in a way that is significant. So if they were doing um, a bake sale or a, you know, a, I remember we used to do these like collect the cans and then they get the money from the recycling plant. If it's something like that where it's financially benefiting the school, yes, absolutely. But if you just want to take time off to chaperone your child's school, that would definitely fall under PTO in lieu of the VTO. So we're, we are pretty strict about that. And we want to make sure it's being utilized to benefit the local community. Okay. And that's interesting because our, our, our policy is, and the first thing, the thing I think where it gets used the most is uh, classroom participation, uh, you know, reading, things like that, or, or volunteering for actual, you know, field trips and things like that. So uh, y'all made the choice that it really needs to have a financial benefit to the institution. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I would say, yeah, in some ways. I think the other reason we've taken that stance is we are incredibly flexible with schedules here. So if you want to take off for a couple hours in the middle of the day, help your child out at the school and then come back home and finish, Absolutely. And we don't necessarily require that PTO is utilized. So because of the level of flexibility that we offer team Mm -hmm. members, we think that this is the right approach for our company. And what about professional organizations? Like if somebody wanted to, like their local SHRM chapter, let's just throw that one out there. And they wanted to either take a, a leadership role or volunteer, you know, at a conference or things like that. Do y'all just rely on your your general flexibility that you give employees to schedule their time, or can they use their VTO for something like that? 
That's a great question. So we actually have a couple um, employees who are members of their local chapters of various things. So in some situations, we can really look at it as professional development opportunities or networking. And so we can kind of place it in those categories. So um, maybe it's, you know, time out of the office, but it doesn't count as time out of the office because it's a professional development opportunity or it's a networking opportunity that could lead sales. Um, we do have situations where people have taken their voluntary time off because as you said, maybe there was a special meeting that their local chapter that they were part of is doing. And we have allowed VTO for that. Some of these are, we don't have rigorous rules. We're, since it's still only two years young, we're still kind of figuring out as people ask us questions. Um, and that would be one where so far it's made sense to say, okay, great, that that doesn't relate to anything else we have going on internally. Feel free to use your VTO. Um, any other, on the VTO thing, any other restrictions that y'all have found that you needed to place or are there times where you've just had to say no and we hadn't considered that situation until the question came up? I think we've tackled all of those. The most recent question that I received actually just two days ago, and you know, it, it's going to require some thought about how it looks, is can you donate your voluntary time off? If you're not using it, if you're somebody who just maybe you just really aren't motivated by anything that we offer, can you donate it to one of your peers that is a high utilizer that runs out of ETO every year? And so it's something that I haven't even had time to really process and think about and think through what it would look like. But I think it's an absolutely interesting idea because some people just they don't want to go out there and they don't want to participate. They're fine to make a donation and that's that's their contribution and that's fine. And so I thought it was a really interesting idea that we're going to have to think about and kind of play around within our head and see what that could look like. Has the company put, you know, it's easy, I guess, pretty relatively easy to track your VTO time, uh, but have y'all put a pencil to paper to figure out what on an annual basis, you know, we're, we're, we're committing to this effort. What does it look like? And, uh, you know, at the end of the year in terms of labor dollars as looked at, no, we have not calculated that. Um, we, that's something that we probably could look at and should look at. Um, but we haven't had a negative impact. We haven't felt like there's abuse. And so it hasn't led us to need to go down this path and really start to analyze, are we getting, a benefit out of this. We're seeing a benefit out of the new hires coming on, The obviously the low turnover rate, just the culture as a whole is really strong. And I think this is a key factor. This is what candidates are asking for now. I'm noticing it's such a shift from you know, 15 years ago when I started my career, it was very much, I want to move up the corporate ladder. I want to make a lot of money. And now it's more of, I want to do 40 hours a week. I want my time to do what I want to do. And I also, during my 40 hours, want to give back to local charities. And it's very much questions that I'm getting now are things like, I want um, very um, green-friendly investments for my 401k. And I want to make sure I'm giving back to the community. And it's been such a shift that I think we're catering well to that shift. I think we could always do better. But it's definitely changed. So we haven't felt the need to measure, I guess, that number yet. Well, if it's giving you what you need, I mean, you know, that's, uh, you know, you're, you're doing it well. The, um, are you seeing more adoption from the Gen Z group than you are maybe the, the Gen Xers or the, or the boomers? Yes, absolutely. Um, I find that us old curmudgeons don't want to, you know, we don't want to get up from our desk, right? <laughs> Do you know what I call it? I call it our more experienced employees. Okay. I try not to go by our generation. Um, so I've noticed our more experienced employees are more motivated by things that we do in-house. They love to do the fundraiser that are taking place 
internally in our cafe around the office, the younger, less experienced um, team members are the ones that want to go off site. They want to go to the local food bank. They want to go clean up a park. Um, and then it also varies by what the activity is. So our dog lovers are all down at Barks, our local animal shelter, volunteering to pet the kitties and walk the dogs. So sometimes I think it depends on the activity, but generally speaking, I think the more experienced employees prefer in-house activities versus getting out of the office. The uh, the risk manager in me has to ask, what did what considerations have you had around potential liability for injuries or things like, you know, anything that may go wrong on that front? What I've noticed is when we volunteer, because I volunteered at a lot of these events with our team, it's super fun. Um, for example, when we go to the animal shelter, we're signing a waiver that through the animal shelter. Same thing at the local food bank. And so I've noticed that the organization's tend to think about that. We do have insurance in place, obviously, like any business should. Um, and I don't think we're doing anything that's too risky. I Definitely dog walking can be risky when you're working at a rescue society. And unfortunately, I've seen some things happen while we were volunteering. But for the most part, it's packing bags or doing more low impact things, I would call them. So um, again, I think we could always do everything better. But for now, I feel comfortable with how we're doing things. And so Let's talk a minute about the the kind of internal events you mentioned that y'all are doing. And you said it sounds like you do maybe as many as a couple of those a month. Mm-hmm. That must, it depends uh, on the month. <laughs> yeah. What kind of what kind of events are, are those? They vary. So we just finished a back to school drive where volunteers brought in backpacks and school supplies and we were able to donate them to a local school. We'll do um, food drives, which for employees that can't get down to the food bank to volunteer, we'll do drives internally. We'll do fundraising events. So I mentioned this earlier, but the bingo and booze that we do every October is just a fun way of getting employees to hang out, play bingo, and half of the proceeds raised go to local charities. We'll collect Christmas gifts for families and wrap them together and celebrate. So we'll try and do a variety of things in-house um, combined with the out-of-house things to kind of cater to everybody. I'm trying to think of some other things we've done. Um, I think that's it for now. Yeah, That's interesting. The um, and, and like one thing, you know, one of our all employee type events is to go to as a group to the the women's shelter that we support uh, and and wrap Christmas presents every year and uh, and we have to get in line in October. In fact, I probably need to call now uh, to get on the list uh, because it, it fills up. But that's something that everybody can do and mm-hmm. is is pretty easy to to uh, you know for, to participate in and uh, and my employees really look forward to it. And, 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 you know, we, we bring, we bring gifts, but we, you know, we get, you know, it goes back to that getting your hands dirty, uh, you know, you know, actually wrapping gifts. They always have to rewrap mine, but uh, (laughs) that's, uh, you know, that's a whole other issue. So if, if a company was putting together their plan for this, you know, employee driven philanthropy, any other lessons that you've learned or other advice you'd give an organization that was putting that together? I think to get high pressure, participation, you need to remember to let employees lead this. If it feels like it's corporate-led and it's meeting an agenda for the corporation, it doesn't feel as impactful as when you've got a group of employees leading it. Um, I serve as the leadership team member sponsor of the committee. So they check in with me, they ask what's okay, they ask for feedback, but they're driving it. 
And the fact that it's led by our employees gets a lot more participation than if it would be led from somebody on the leadership team, because they feel free to talk about things, to bring up ideas that maybe they would feel less comfortable in front of the more senior members of the team to talk about. I think it's really important that you respect their ideas, even if it's not important to you, you should still hear them out and showcase that as a way of respecting them and listening to them. I think that's very important. And I think be okay to fail. Be okay to test things out. Um, be okay with them not working the way you envision and be okay with pivoting and changing it. We have tried lots of different things and sometimes you fall on your face and that's okay. It's just going to better suit your team members moving forward. And I think it's also important to, I guess, survey your employees, ask them how they're feeling about it. What do they want to see participation in? I think sometimes as leaders, we get very stuck in what we think is best and we get so far down the road that no one's even following us anymore. And I think it's something that we need to be aware of as we put programs like this into place. I also think if you're going to do it, be sure that you're accommodating multiple types of participation styles and multiple types of interests. You can't just focus on one or two and expect your entire team to be engaged in that. If we only offered volunteer time off, we we would be missing out on making other employees happy. Same as if we only offered one event a year, other people aren't feeling, feeling as fulfilled as we would like them to feel. So I think it's important to remember you should be accommodating of everyone, be okay to fail and follow your employees lead. If you're doing this for them, let them guide you on the right way to do it. I think that's very important. How many employees does call tracking metrics have? 70. And and out of 70, you've got 15 people on that committee. We do. That's a pretty big commitment. How do, how are those 15 people selected? It's volunteer. It's whoever oh. wants to participate. Um, we have two point people. Um, James and Kate are phenomenal. They've been there since the beginning and they serve as, I would say, the mentors to the rest of the committee and everyone else signs up and it's come and go. Join whenever you want. There's not a limit, a seat limit. We, If the whole company wants to be in those meetings, we would love to have the whole company in those meetings. And that's what I, why I think we get such great participation is because we're so open to hearing all different perspectives. Now, are, I mean, everything changed over COVID. Uh, are most of your employees on site or have y'all gone hybrid or remote? And how does that affect, how has that affected, if any, uh, what you're doing in, in your program? Yeah, that's very fair. So before COVID, we were in the office five days a week and we had um, two remote employees. Now we have um, four or five remote employees and the rest of us are in the office Tuesday through Thursday. We are remote Monday through Friday or Monday and Friday. Um, COVID changed it a lot because that's what caused the introduction of ETO. We couldn't go out and do things as a group. So we wanted to encourage employees to do things on their own. Okay. And so what about your remote employees? Uh, They get the same opportunity to do VTO in their communities? So they also have the VTO and they're able to go out and participate in the way that they would like to participate in. And when they are in town, we have a couple weeks out of the year that we do have everyone all hands at our Maryland corporate location. And during those weeks, we try and do a fun community event with them so that they can participate alongside their peers as well. But they are subject to the same VTO, the same donation matching, so that they can get the same benefits as everyone else at corporate. Well, that's great. That's all the time we have. But thank you for talking to me today, Shana. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. You can find previous episodes, show notes, and contact info for our guest at goodmorninghr.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. And don't forget to follow us wherever you get your podcast. 
Rob Upchurch is our technical producer, and I'm Mike Coffey. As always, don't hesitate to reach out if I can be of service to you personally or professionally. I'll see you next week, and until then, be well, do good, and keep your chin up.